0: Matthew can you hear me over all right what's up interesting huh yeah yeah so it's kind of like a phone call so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tweet out the leak link now cool are we live right now yeah, we're live right now. Like it doesn't give you a chance to schedule it, which kind of is annoying. Okay. Yeah. So, what's oh,
1: what's going on there? What's
2: going on? Oh, there, nothing. Matthew? Hanging out. Hanging out, ready to talk some more sons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is this uh, you get the invite only, right?
0: Yeah, it's just a room that's there, so like it's Okay. Other people can see it. I mean, this is this is a fun little figure out how this thing works it's a fun little new conduit for the sun's jam session podcast so uh they have groups like NBA's the group that i kind of invite to and then i just tweet out the link and uh it can record the audio so my my game plan is you know i'll, I'll take this audio and probably release it on our youtube channel to our jamster our elite jamsters okay you know what i'm saying so, yeah, that's idea. so how, how how you doing tonight, Matthew? How you feeling? You know, we're we're a day removed from game five. So, what are you thinking?
2: Well, uh, this morning, I was not very happy. <laughs> I actually showed up at really? work. Probably the grumpiest I've ever been. I don't, I just was not in a good mood, man. <laughs> I did not want to talk about it. Uh, some people at work actually listened to the pod last night, and they're just like, wow, like, no enthusiasm only you john though right like you had it everyone else was I? really bummed out i feel like you sounded great like i was thinking about it today i'm like way to go john to keep up like the tempo the pace of the pod the whole time because we, we were dragging you down i feel like a little bit especially me uh but yeah this morning sucked but i feel a lot better now you know i mean i don't know what's going to happen next game but ah, oh, these games are tough to watch right <sighs> It's stressful, you know, I mean, you know,
0: you, you think about it and, and thank you for that because I went back and I listened to the podcast from last night and I go, you know what, just holistically, even though we all kind of started down, I think it was a really good conversation about what was wrong with Phoenix and what was right with the Clippers. And that's okay. I mean, that that's why you play a seven game series. But I'm with you. I, I woke up this morning, still grumpy. I go to work and for the most part everybody kind of understands like yo they just lost I probably shouldn't uh say anything or just kind of like the quick you know oh man well that kind of that kind of sucked didn't it and then I'm in the mm-hmm. lunchroom today and inside of our lunchroom at work we still have those like plastic partitions for COVID protocol stuff, and they, like, hang from the ceiling, right? So if you push it, it'll, like, move. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a stationary one that's on a table. And there's one Laker fan who comes in and just goes, how about that Paul George, man? And I was just done. I was done. It was, like, the thing that (laughs) set me off. I'm like, like, oh, what do you mean, push off P? Push off P, the guy who leads with his arm every time like this, and then I just hit the fucking – the, the plastic barrier guy walked out. I was just like, I was like fucking Lakers fans, man. They, they annoyed the shit out of me, but, but I'm with you. You know, I think that the challenge mentally as Suns fans for not only the fans, but for the players as well is like realizing that this is a seven game series. And even though we lost that game, We still have the advantage in this series. Now, granted, what we saw last night was very, very disheartening because the Clippers did the same thing that they did to Utah in games five and six in that series where they went five out, out hustled them, out game planned them and kept the energy up for the entire 48 minutes. Whereas the Suns did the same thing that they did in game three where they just came out flat and that's all it takes in the playoffs. You come out flat for the first five minutes of the game, you're down twenty to five. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and no, honestly, uh I just think even like with the mismatches with Booker on uh, Morris that kept happening over and over, I honestly think the Suns just thought, you know, he's probably gonna miss these shots. I mean, how many times does Morris really go on a run like that? You know, made, never. I think the Suns when I think about it today, I was thinking I think the Suns are waiting, of course, for I think the Clippers to kind of fold. And I think Paul George didn't show up in the first half. Uh, The rest of the team did, but they were making shots they usually don't make. DeMarcus Cousins was doing what he needed to do. And honestly, I just think the Suns thought, like, it's going to go away. We're going to take this lead, and it might be easy. And It's it's crazy to say, because they're a professional team, but these teams that come out and do this over and over again every year, where they should win a game or whatever, you know, over the more incompetent team, which should have been the Clippers, it just, they, the better team like the Suns need to lose and they come back again next game to take over. It just seems like one of those games where they'll get the momentum back, but I'm just like, you have to lose a game and then come out and play the next game. That's just the most frustrating thing, but it happens all the time. It's oh, like yeah. it's something that's going to be around for forever.
0: Well, and what's crazy is it, it almost seemed like this team knew the vibe in that building was going to be fire. And they relied on that to a certain extent to try to assist them in developing energy. And again, when the Clippers came out and punched them right in the face, they didn't respond right away. Now, granted the, the crowd did its part. It got behind them. It was fucking raucous in there. From what I hear, I'm not paying 300 bucks for a ticket, to sit in the nosebleeds unless people want to donate. uh, I'm not going to do it. But at the same time, they relied on that in the first five minutes. And like I said, man, you you lose the first five minutes of that game. You lose the game. It's the playoffs. You have to come out with that mental mindset that you are ready to take this. It's not going to be given to you. And so so, uh, I agree with you, man. There was some complacency on the Suns part. You know, even DeAndre Ayton, we love him to death. Uh, but I feel like there was a few plays where it's just like, you know, from a rebounding standpoint, he just wasn't as aggressive as we've seen him in the playoffs thus far. And he had littler guys on him. And he was just kind of like, ah, it's, it, it's just out of my reach if I was to go for it. And, and that's one of the things that scares me, obviously, is fatigue. And you think that that's a narrative that would be applicable to the Clippers because the Clippers are the team that's played, what, like 18 games in in 38 nights or whatever the stat was. Yeah. Because of their their game seven against the Mavs and their game six against Utah. You know, we had a week off in there. But that's also a team, when you look at the talent up and down the roster, that's been through the grind of the playoffs before. And I hate to go down the experience uh, rabbit hole and, and that conversation of inexperience could ac- essentially cost the Suns uh, a game or two here in the Western Conference Finals. But it's I, I think it's a valid point. This is a team that knows how to push through, and by this, by the team, I mean the Clippers. They know how to push through those mental and physical barriers because they've been through playoff runs in the past, where you you see Chris Paul, obviously post COVID, coming off of some really fatigue. Like I mean, you you were saying on the pod yesterday, he looks like dizzy, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he honestly, it's really weird. But I was watching; um, they have the ESPN layup line. And it's just, you know, focusing on the players. And usually before the players come out, they show the fans and stuff. But they showed CP3, and he was just dribbling, like, at the free throw line, like, back and forth. It looked like he was, like, looking for some kind of balance. I don't know what it was, but it just seemed off. The way he looked on his face is, like, when you wake up in the morning or you're sick, you have a cold, and you're walking over to the medicine cabinet, and you just had that look on your face of disgust and – you know, you feel like shit. That's what it looks like on his face. He doesn't he doesn't feel right. I know he's not playing as great, even though his stats look pretty good. But you can just know something's off with him and the way he looks. I don't know if it's like something dizzy, equilibrium, or something like that. I just That's just something I thought about. But, yeah, you were talking about um, the Clippers, you know, the experience. And, honestly, when you do think about it, they have a lot more to lose this postseason than the Suns do, right? I mean, Kawhi, Paul George – I mean, Paul George signed – but Kawhi who knows what yeah. he's going to do. You know, he he's not going to play in the playoffs probably at all. But if they lose this series, then it's like, you know, all this, all this, of course, everyone's talking about this, but everything they invested in this team is basically, you know, it might go away, it might change up, but you know the Suns team, even if, even if we lose this series, I'm not saying we're going to, I'm just saying even if we do, or even losing the finals, like this team's going to be back next year. Like Chris Paul's going to restructure his contract. We're going to have the same players. Uh, It might suck, but we went way further than we thought. But the Clippers themselves, even though Sabrina Merchant talked about on the last podcast, a couple podcasts ago, like it's a successful season for the Clippers. I think it's successful if they win a championship. And uh, you know what I mean. I just I think that was the next step for them this year. And I don't know if it's going to happen, but they have a lot more to lose this off season.
0: Well, and that was the preseason guesstimation, if you will, going into last season that with Kawhi with paul george they would be title contenders or winning or or, you know at least going further in the playoffs than they did and this season there was a little more tempered expectations but they were still expectations so yeah when sabrina was on our podcast and she said that you know they're on borrowed money i guess relative to Kawhi leonard being hurt i can see that but i'm with you Like, it's it's all or nothing for the Clippers this year because Kawhi Leonard's a free agent, and you don't know what the fuck that guy's going to do. That guy is the Kaiser Sose of NBA (laughs) players. Like, poof, he's gone. You don't know where he went, what's going on with him, you know? So for them, it's got to be all or nothing. And you can feel a lot of those players, they know it. Like, this is their best chance. And I'm not saying that the Suns are going to be perennial Western Conference uh, participants every year, but this is the start of our our window, we've opened the window, whereas for the Clippers, it's slowly starting to shut. And again, you know, you push a team into a corner that's been pushed into a corner numerous times in this postseason, and we, and they're going to fight. They're going to they're they're junkyard dogs. You got to give it to the Clippers, man. They are a pesky, annoying defensive team. Uh, they remind me on defense a lot like the Spurs of those seven seconds or less era teams. They just they know how to take the Suns out of their rhythm, and I think that that's the challenge. And as we look towards Game Six on this Western Conference Finals Game Six pre-jam on our what, what what's this app called Green Green Room? Yeah, Green, Green Room Spotify, Spotify Green Room. We thank we thank the Jamsters who are hanging out with us and listening to us. You know, we're, we're trying this out, giving this a go, another opportunity for us to just kind of sit around and talk Suns. You know if you followed us for any period of time, you know that Matthew and I have not shy to sit around and just talk sons. It's almost funny because again, at work when people try to talk sons with me, I'm like, listen, dude, just subscribe to the podcast. Anything I'm going to (laughs) say, I'm just going to regurgitate from last night. So, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Subscribe, donate, do all that fun stuff. (laughs) But if you look at game six, that's the question I got for you, Matthew is what adjustments does Monty have to make? And what adjustments do you think Tai Liu's going to make? I feel like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of navigate that as I kind of put together what my thoughts are.
2: Okay. Uh, first, on Ty Liu, I mean, I feel like he is. Uh, before last game, I heard an interview saying, they were talking about Zubac and basically like his injury, and Tai Liu's like, "Oh, he'll be out for game five, but he'll be back for next game. Basically, like he'll he might be back." I'm like, "Oh man, this guy is confident." Like, he seems like a confident coach and someone that this team, even with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, Paul George is not really like a prima donna or anything like that, but he is someone that is a superstar. And I think Ty Lue as a leader on that team, is really big. You know, coaching never gets talked about enough. I think Ty Lue has. I think, what is it? Kendrick Perkins said something about him being the best coach or something, but he, he's absolutely doing a great job with Justin and all that. The only thing for the Suns, I'm just looking for Aiton to go out and play crazy. And you talked about earlier, um, just little people. He's had trouble all year long with like the little lineups. Every time we would go into a game, it's like, oh, he's gonna, he's going dominate, and he never did. He has a hard time stepping around them, trying to fill himself out on the floor. I mean, he had, um, he had that one box out charge that he, I don't know who it was against. I think it was Paul George in the paint.
0: And he no, just it was Morris. Morris. Okay, you so stick up that big booty right into his, his
2: thigh. <laughs> yeah, and like I see what he was trying to do, but I don't think he knows how to really perform around these guys. And the Suns' trust with him still is something you won't see probably till next season, to where I think they'll they'll have a better understanding of what he can do and he'll learn more. Right now, it's just basically like Aiden. If you give effort, you know you're gonna get those rebounds. You're gonna do just enough to get us over the hump, like he has been. That's the one adjustment. And then honestly. I mean, adjustments, plays, whatever you want to do. I don't know anything about that. But Mikel Bridges, too, needs to step up a little bit and just get to the rim, all right? The three-pointers, it's great. You can make one or two maybe, but just get to the rim, man. Be a finisher. Be the guy that you were at the end of the season, even in this playoffs, even against the Denver Nuggets. Like, he was getting to the rim a few times. He was able to cut. Like, be that confident player that you were that time. He needs to... And I was thinking today, too, really quick. Uh, Aiden and Mikhail Bridges, is like the two nicest guys out of that draft, right? <laughs> we have the two nicest guys, I feel like, out of that draft. But they both just need to step up and just play aggressively.
0: That, that would be a fun pod to do. Maybe we'll do that in the offseason where we take the 2018 draft and we rank them like top 10 nicest to the biggest prick. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you got to say like Trey Young is probably the pr- biggest prick on, uh, coming right. out of that draft just because he has to be. Like he carries a chip on his shoulder, right?
2: Yeah, I mean he's a littler guy, right? You have to, have yeah. yeah. compared to the, yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, you know, looking at Game Six, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Ty Lue does because what he did in Game Five was successful. So you would think that he would run out the same strategy, but at the same time, he's got to kind of, you know, this is the game within the game within the game. It's the inception of adjustments by Game Six. The other side of that thought process is like, well, we threw this specific type of defense and offense at the Suns in game five. I know that they're going to make adjustments, so I have to have adjustments ready for their adjustments, if that makes any sense. So, you know, the adjustments that worked for him in game five was a lot of zone. And we saw the Suns not execute properly in the zone. The, The way to be in the zone is you take your big, and you put him at the top of the key or a little bit in the paint, and you pass to him. And then from there, as the defense collapses, he can pick apart. He can either turn around, take it to the hoop, or try to pick apart via passes uh, who is open, and you have an opportunity to be successful. They didn't do that at all. They tried to pin Aiton down on the left block, and then they'd rotate the ball to the right side, and now Aiton's on the weak side of the play. And, you know, vice versa. They'd go left, he'd go right. It was kind of frustrating and again you know Aiden's an elite I would say elite but he's an above average passer for a big yeah so, so he is so you have to try to get him the ball and allow him an opportunity to do one of two things you know you know the the 0. 0.5 second mantra that Monty Williams preaches either you pass the ball you shoot the ball or you drive the ball and if, if he has that philosophy you're going to be quicker than the defense because the thing that makes the clip, when the Clippers go five out and they go, they go smaller, that makes them more athletic. That makes them uh, faster on closeouts as well. And it allows them to play the passing lanes better. And that's what we saw. We had 14 turnovers last night, led to 23 points for the Clippers. You need to try to beat that zone when they throw it. And I think that, you know, it, it was a genius move by Lou. Throw some zone at the Suns, see if they can handle it. And we couldn't handle it at times. You know, there were times where – that's why you saw a lot of the ISO book and book just going to the rim because that's one way to beat the, the zone. If you have a slower guy on you and you can beat him off the dribble, then do it. But the difference is when he does that, he needs to learn to kick and and know and see how that zone is rotating around him. And then to your point with Mikhail Bridges, with, the, with Jay Crowder, when he does get you open shots, you need to knock those down. And that's what killed the Suns. And honestly, he's killed them all series. I mean, you and I have watched every game this season. We've covered them. We've gone live after every game. This stretch of Suns basketball has been really tough to watch because they have no true rhythm in their offense. And in the first couple games in the series, they were really spunky and had the ability to read the switches properly on defense and close out properly to the point where it pestered and annoyed the Los Angeles Clippers. And now those legs are getting a little bit tired. Now all these teams know each other, and the Suns are almost afraid to throw a double at Paul George. Because if you throw a double at Paul George, he's going to pass it around, pass, pass, wide open Terrence Mann three. If you have Booker on the block against Marcus Morris and he's backing him down, and you try to throw Mikael Bridges coming on a double on the weak side again, Terrence Mann or Reggie Jackson or Nicholas Batum are standing wide open and you're going to give up an opportunity for a three. So the Suns are trying to stay home. That's all well and good. If you can stop them or, or, if you can execute your offense on the other side. And again, I just, I think that's why a lot of Suns fans are, are feeling like we did this morning going into work, just grumpy. Cause what we saw last night is a recipe that could be, it could be a rinse and repeat tomorrow night. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, it could be. And honestly, uh, those three pointers whenever they even if it wasn't just a dish off a off a uh, double or anything like that anytime the clippers shoot the three i mean you've said it over and over how great they are shooting the three. so i i do not i do not look at the tv i can't every time they put up (laughs) a three especially if they're on a run i just look the other way and i'm just like it's gonna go in that's how confident i am that they're gonna make it and it sucks to say that but it It just – I don't want them to – even if they're covered, even if the guy's hands in their face, there's no aggression going over the screens to do anything crazy. I mean, they abused Book a lot in the last game. But just any time they're shooting the three, it sucks. And you are talking about the zone. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, when he would come down, he would just get stuck so many times, right, in our offense, trying to figure out what to do. No one's moving. No one's cutting. Yeah. He was there with the ball a lot of the times and have nowhere to go. You know? And there's a few times – I think there was one alley pass he did to the D.A. in the third quarter, and it was not a very pretty pass at all. And I don't know how it made over whoever was defending Aiden, but it's just like when all else fails, that's what I feel like you got to do. I feel like those – the law passes, the passes to Aiden and the paint need to come more rapidly. It's better than anything else that's really happening offensively, especially when you're just getting stuck with the ball – Play nice, so just give it to the big man. See if he can pass and find guys. Because like you said, he's a good passer. He'll end up being an elite passer. Um, But right now, he's very good. He can throw throw whistles, dude.
0: Well, again, like if you're passing to him, even if you're trying those lobs and you're getting them down on the block, the defense naturally is going to collapse, which opens up opportunity on the outside so your guys can knock down shots or at least have an opportunity to. So... You know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, here's, here's my curveball at you, okay? I'm, I'm writing the game preview for game six for Bright Side of the Sun. I'm the one who is covering the game for Bright Side. And I, just so you're aware, I covered game six against the Lakers, and we won that game. So I'm hoping that brings us some good oh, luck.
1: Very nice. Very
2: nice.
0: So a, as I'm looking at it, here, here's my curveball. Why not start start Tory Craig?
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> and here's why. Over no, over Jay Crowder.
2: Oh, Jay Crowder, okay.
0: Okay, because Mikhail's versatility is big. And I think that Tory Craig, you look at his numbers when he's guarding Paul George. And again, you can't stop Paul George. The only, the only person who can stop Paul George is Paul George. If you can get into his head, if you can force him into certain areas of the court, you, you have an opportunity to maybe get him to miss some shots, and then he can kind of get in his own head. But if you look at it, for 17.5 possessions this series and five and a half total minutes of playing time, Tory Craig was on Paul George. Paul George is two for eight with Tory Craig on him. You look at a lot of the other numbers, he's smoking people. He's smoking McHale, he's smoking Jay Crowder. But Tory Craig has the physicality, has the length, and has the aggressiveness to get him off of his spots and pester him. And and you know the the obvious you know kind of retort to that is does it matter? The, the Clippers are going to try to switch and get him into the matchup that he wants. You can fight through screens and you can try to pester him. And I think that that's something we really need to focus on. Looking at Paul George, the place that you don't want him shooting on the on the court is the right shoulder. From the mid-range to three-point land, he's shooting like 48% in the series, and the majority of his shots are coming from the right mid-range and that right shoulder uh, uh, three-pointer, where it's you know kind of the three-quarter view. If you push him to the left, his numbers drop dramatically. So if you can force him left and not allow him to have a, a run at the rim, force him into the mid-range or behind three, guess what? He's going to start to throw up some of those bricks. Because he's shooting like twenty percent from out there, so the same spots that he likes on the right side, he's not as good on the left side. Whatever it is, he he's symbiotic with that shot on the right side. So force him left, and again, that's what you could try to do to get him out of rhythm. And and I don't think that Mikhail can do it with his physicality, because Paul George is going to do what he can, you know, to get through him. But if you have Torrey Craig, I really think that that could be a strategy that would be successful to try to move paul george off of his normal spots so what do you think should the sun start tory craig tomorrow or am i just crazy um,
2: <laughs> you're not crazy i mean if it was a desperate because I mean, jay
0: crowder ain't sh- hitting shit
2: <laughs> No, he's not and I'm, I'm so there's two things like if he if you were to sit jay crowder this is the one game right he comes out <laughs> you know and just hits his threes i mean yeah i'm just saying like it was like oh, you want to sit Jay Crowder? Oh, he hit six threes next game. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, That's I, probably what's going to happen? Yeah, I hear you. But I hear you. Honestly, um, I like it. If the Suns were down 3-1, if they had to try something else to stop Paul George, or they're down 3-2, I just maybe it's something you switched up. You know, you do what Tyler does, but Tyler had the injuries, so he has to go through his lineups and change things up because of the injuries. But right now, the way the Suns are playing, it's just like finish out the rest of the season with this starting lineup, and it, it I like the Tory Craig thing. I think you could bring him in later in the game, second half. But I just think right now, just don't mess with the starting lineup. If you were to replace Jay Crowder, maybe you replace him with someone like Camp Johnson, who is just lights out right now, right? He's a guy who honestly is a spark off the bench. He's probably the guy I trust the most right now to have the ball in his hands. Not to be a playmaker, but to make something happen. Maybe with a pass, he's running off the ball. He's doing everything that he needs to do. And he's that's planning. the guy... Yeah, he's doing whatever. Like, he, he, it looks like a different guy out there. I mean, when we went through that, this down the season, remember at the end of the season, he could have hit one three? I don't even know if it leaked into the Lakers playoff series. I forget. But he couldn't <laughs> even hit a three. Now he's just like, he's a new man out there. He looks bigger. He's using his body. He's doing a lot more out there. He will be our starting power, power forward, right? Going next year, I think. <laughs> like, he, he's earning that spot. I just think that right now, though, you just have to stay with this lineup. And I'm telling you, all it is is the energy. And if the suns go down like ten to two again, call a timeout, do something like that. I just, I love uh, Tory Craig, but I, I don't want to put him in the starting lineup right now.
0: Well, I think, I think you're probably right, and I thank Craig's you for like for for bringing me back to reality. But I think it's definitely apparent that it's it's no more no more Nader. Nader needs oh, to go. But so you know Torrey Craig is the guy. Who <laughs> he's not gonna get minutes too. Yeah, but he shouldn't.
2: I but know he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He doesn't I mean, do anything
0: Sunspans, right? exceptional. Switched he's it. one of he's one of those guys, what's that? I just had 100% of Suns fans tell you don't play him. So, so that means he'll get minutes. He well he's one of those guys who does a lot of little things good but nothing at ec- well or nothing like uh, great. You know, like yeah. Cam Johnson's a guy who can kind of do a little of everything pretty well, but he's a great three-point shooter. And Jay Crowder, like, is, you know, great at physicality. You know, he's not necessarily somebody you want driving to drive into the rim. Like, Abdel Nader, like, can drive to the rim, but he can't finish. Like, he can shoot threes, but not consistently. Like, he has length, but he's not really good defensively. So, I mean, yeah, I think that Abdel Nader, especially if you having three and a half months off, like, dude, kick it on the bench. Let Torrey Craig get those minutes. He's more physical. He can grab the rebounds, because that's one thing Abdel Nader doesn't do really, I want to say, he, he doesn't seek the rebound the way that Torrey Craig does. So... Uh, yeah, any, final, okay. any, any final thoughts, and what's your prediction for tomorrow?
2: Oh, we're doing 30 minutes on this thing?
0: Yeah, we're not doing an hour. Come okay. on, man. I got shit to do. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so predictions for tomorrow. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm going to kind of do the thing with the L.A., the Lakers. I think the Suns get blown out. <laughs> All right, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not. Okay, so you're All saying right. Suns and seven. Yeah, there's always a guy in our chat. Every YouTube we see, I see you out there saying, "Remember the Remember Matthew pickle Lakers, and uh, <laughs> right now the Lakers, all right?"
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm I'm confident that it's Suns and Six. I said that before the series began, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I really I really think that the this team has shown us time and time again that they are resilient and they have the ability to bounce back. And although this series has been ugly, don't get me wrong—it's been an ugly series. Like, if we win this series, we earn this series. I don't care what anybody says out there—we earn this series, and the other side is going to be a lot easier. You saw that Giannis injury tonight, right?
2: Yeah, it's—I did. It's, uh, I hate this. I mean, you yeah. had Trey Young, and I don't know, man. It's—I mean, who even watched the game tonight, anyways? I know Trey Young was important. Yeah, I know, but like I feel like a lot of even Twitter people were like, "Oh, I didn't watch against," because like you know, it's not really appealing. You know, Trey's not playing, and now Giannis. It's like, it sucks. I mean,
1: it's
0: it's, a, it's, it's very start, mucked like, up finals, on the but Eastern but Conference side.
2: I love Giannis so, too. Giannis is like I one do nice too, player.
1: man. I love yeah, watching I, him play.
0: Yeah, so we we're gonna be robbed of that. But uh, you know, that being said, the resiliency of this team—if they can somehow pull this out tomorrow, which I think they will we could be talking about a championship here in Phoenix. So uh, is there anybody in this room, this green room on Spotify, who's got any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, ideas, you want to say something, just go ahead and hit that request. Uh, If not, we'll bounce out of here. Um, Again, this is something new that we're trying. So thanks for hanging out with the sun's jam session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate review, stop by our YouTube page, subscribe there, hit the thumbs up on all of our content. You know that we go live after every show so, uh, anybody got anything they want to say? Suns in eight. Suns in thirty three. I said that to somebody today. They're like, "Oh, what do you think about the Suns?" I'm like, oh, I think they'll win in thirty three. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to talk to you. So, you no, know, I really quick. Well, our two hundredth
2: episode was last episode, and it should have been. I know I it should have been. Well,
0: be, well, and here's what's funny is our one hundred eighty seventh episode is when we beat the Lakers one eight seven. Like we murdered the Lakers in Game Six. And it was like appropriate. I'm like, oh my god, our two hundredth episode could be the one where we clinched to go to the finals. Like, it's perfect. And then like yesterday yep. happened. Yesterday from start to finish was just a shitty day personally for me. And like I just I knew that the Suns were gonna lose just based on the way that the, my day was going. I'm like, Oh I'm having a shitty day. I know what'll I know what'll top this off. A fucking horrible showing by the Suns. Thanks, Suns.
2: You got it. And you got it. So-
0: so, oh hey, look at this. Look at look. this guy.
1: Hey,
2: what's that, up, man? So boys.
0: Boys, boys,
1: boys, boys, boys. What do you think of this green room? I, Shit. I I think this is fantastic cuz I'm laying on my couch right now and I, know, I just hopped in this in and bed. I'm like, I'm just going to talk to them. You sound like Yeah, you sound you you and actually that was one reason why I wanted to chime in, frankly. You sound very relaxed, almost a little too relaxed, kind of disturbingly relaxed. But fine, hey. I I actually put on shorts <laughs> <laughs> so. just to be safe. I yeah, like I that. I appreciate sure
2: that. Recorded or not, so. Oh yeah. So you what
1: got, thoughts are, you guys, are, going there, are you guys? Are you guys putting? Is this a pod? Like are you guys actually putting this out?
0: So what <laughs> I think I'm going to do with the audio is I'm going to uh, scrape the audio and then put it to a video on YouTube and just have it for our Elite Jamsters. I'm okay. going to try that first before actually releasing it as a podcast. Gotcha.
1: No, I was just curious because then I'll actually, you know... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Give quality
1: analysis? Yeah, uh, you know, or do something. Uh, maybe be be uh, a little... little... Oh, I'm getting yelled at by my wife because I'm in our house and I'm keeping our kid up, see? That's exactly the type of thing that... <laughs> That's exactly the reason why I asked if you're going to make this a pod, because if you were, this would be super weird to happen on that podcast. But, no, um, that's that's part of no, the
0: course for fanning the flame.
1: Here, here's the thing, dude. Look, I'll, I'll say one quick thing, because I don't want to get yelled at again. That was once. That's enough for one night. Um, Dude, we're fine. Sons are good. We good. We're going to go. We're going to close out I'm tomorrow. Chill. I'm so chill, dude. I'm so chill. Super chill. Because at the yeah. end of the day, I think the talent is going to win out. I think our team has more talent. And look, think about the character of this squad. Think about what we've seen them do all year after tough losses. This team is not going to come out tomorrow after getting punched in the mouth by the fucking Clippers yesterday and let them do it again. That's all. I
2: believe okay. you. Okay. I concur.
1: I, I mean, I mean, now too. it's beyond. Look, my job, my work here is done. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go try to get Dan Duarte to calm down now. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Hey, this is cool, guys. I love this. I love this it's a lot. New in fact, things, man. You I know might, how we roll. I might, I might tell Paul we should do this because it makes, it'll make it even easier for us to be more lazy about our podcast. Like we won't even, like we just hop on our phone and start yapping. This is great. I mean, you, you know, guys, nice you things. guys use it in a positive way. We're going to use it just as a waste of time. <laughs> But the but the other nice thing is like
0: we do the live podcasts on YouTube mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's great because you can interact with the fans of the show and of the sons. But it's like through chat. Like this yeah. way, if somebody's got something they want to say, they can request we can bring them on. It's a whole like new segment. So
1: this yeah. might be an evolution in the podcast. I don't know. We'll see yeah. what happens. Who, who knows? I mean, I mean it. it, it just remember how uh, the first uh, Zoom meetup went, and and, and be, be <laughs> leery and wary of that, and learn from my mistakes. Yes. Well, you already yes, have yeah. without the video availability here, so you you're one step see? ahead. See, see All right, boys. Hey, all right, boys. We'll sons. Suns and six. Yes, sir. All right, fellas. I'm gonna keep Make listening, though. I'm just gonna stop yelling.
0: Oh, well, right, we're gonna we're, we're out of we're, here. We're, yeah, we're getting ready to end this thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is, so. right. thank you everybody all for right, joining us.
0: Uh, you can listen to Justin. He's on Fanning the Flames podcast. You can listen to us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and we are the, uh, we're the—we're both on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, so make sure you subscribe, rate, and review there, and stop by our YouTube page. Just search Suns Jam. Matthew, any final words before we bounce?
2: Uh, do I say the thing? Go home and love your family?
0: Of course. Why not?
2: Yeah, do not it high one high more high
0: time.
1: High.
0: All right. Well, good night, everybody, and go
1: Suns, <laughs> Suns and Six yeah see